So the children's sermon today uh, is important. It kind of fits the message. So I want you to make sure you take your your fan palms out. Get fan palms as in fanatic palms. (laughs) Fanatic palms, yes. Yes, let's, let's, yes, that's, that's good. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you. I think he's remembering last year. Uh-huh, yeah, all right, Sam. I'm going to talk about that a little later, Sam. Uh, can, can, um, uh, Rex, can you run the sound uh, for, the, for the sermon today? Uh, uh, that I might run into some trouble. So, so just to make sure that we get this, because I can't tell you how often I forget. People will say, oh, pastor, what does Hosanna mean? And I'll go, uh, I think it means praise the Lord. No, no, wait, that's hallelujah. They say, what is Hosanna? You know what Hosanna means? Our hero. It means savior, our rescuer. And so when they're singing, and when they're shouting, I mean, they're shouting Hosanna, they're shouting our hero. So since Jesus is our rescuer, since Jesus is our hero, we've got to kind of get in the mood a little bit, right? Hosanna, our hero. Hosanna, our hero. Hosanna, our hero. Now, of course, we have a little bit of a problem, you know. The problem is, is that uh, the same people that were shouting Hosanna, our hero, on Palm Sunday were shouting crucify him on Good Friday. So we're going to have to get this straight, but before we do that, let's just, let's just praise God a little bit, shall we? Let's just listen to this. Praise is rising, eyes are turning to you. We turn to you. understand this Sunday before we move into Holy Week, and this Sunday really is the beginning of Holy Week, we understand that God is worthy of our praise. We understand that that the Jesus we worship is the Jesus that came to save us. But let's, let's make sure we also understand the context of what we're talking about. In Deuteronomy today, we were reminded of this line. I am the Lord, and there is no other besides me. There is no other God. 
if you've been reading along uh, through the, the Judges uh, and, and, and the other Old Testament uh, writings that we've been journeying through, uh, you know that the people of Israel seem to regularly forget that God claims there is only one God. And, and the best way they can get in trouble is, of course, to worship other gods. Now, the people of Israel in Jesus' day on this Palm Sunday weren't necessarily worshiping other gods, but they kind of wanted God on their own terms. We're told in this text in, in uh, Philippians that every knee will bow and every tongue shall swear allegiance. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we know even from our own experience that, that, that that's uh, uh, the beginning of a conversation about eternity. We know that in this life not every knee bows, nor does every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, even if we do. But this gives us a glimpse that in the end, Jesus is victorious. In the end, Jesus is exalted. But in this life, we struggle with that reality. And in this week, we begin to see the struggle of that reality. We rejoice greatly, even as they did. We, we rejoice and we, we remember uh, that Jesus, in fact, went on to die for us for our forgiveness but, but they were looking for another thing. I learned something new this year that I had really not heard before, which is kind of unusual on a big Sunday like Palm Sunday. You pretty much think you've pretty much read it all. But I read that there's actually a controversy. There are people who do not believe Palm Sunday happened. And the reason they give is they said, palms don't grow in Jerusalem. Really? I was, but like, I've seen palm trees in Jerusalem. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're there now, but they're not native. They weren't there then. It couldn't have happened. And so I was reading some commentaries as they kind of take on this controversy. And I found out as I read in the commentaries that, that their explanation is that the palms came from Jericho. Wow. Now that's an interesting explanation. It makes sense because Jericho is in the desert and Jerusalem is about 3,000 feet up and it's about an 18-mile walk uphill to get to Jerusalem and, and the climate changes, the environment changes, and I'm thinking to myself, well, now, wait a minute. If there are no palms growing in Jerusalem and there were palms there, this was premeditated. They... They had to think ahead of time about getting these palms so that they could praise and welcome in the Messiah. You see, the other thing we have to remember uh, is that palms were um, nationalistic symbols of patriotism for Jerusalem. If they, if, they, if they wanted to stir up the zealots to fight, that was the way to do it, uh, swing those palms, because that, you know, that's my team, like Sam and his you know, warrior thing. You know, kind of gets out of hand sometimes. 
So, so they took these palm branches because they, they knew that, that potentially this long wait for a Messiah was coming to an end. They were hopeful. And so those palm branches going out to meet Jesus are an announcement. And they're an announcement to everybody who sees it and everybody who hears that they believe this is the beginning of the Messiah taking over, throwing off the Romans. So it, it stirs up the zealots and it makes the Romans really nervous. And then, unlike Jesus' typical behavior before this, have any of you ever been just sort of troubled by how many times Jesus says, hey, don't tell anybody. Keep it a secret. Well, not this time. This time Jesus walks into the temple and throws over the money changers. He gets, he gets all outlandish. And now they're really stirred up. So what's going to happen? Is Jesus indeed going to be their hero, their rescuer? Now what I want to say to you is that when Jesus doesn't do what they hope he will do, when he doesn't save them, when he doesn't become their hero in a battle against the Romans, they very quickly turn against him. I wonder if we are as fickle. I wonder if, if our own lives, we don't, we don't want Jesus to save us, but we, we want him to give us what we ask for. Right? We, we want him to answer our prayers the way we're asking him to. But Jesus is only going to be Jesus on his own terms. And the truth is, it wasn't just to throw off Rome. It was to rescue us from sin and death. It was to rescue us from ourselves. It was to bridge anything that would become a barrier between God and us. Jesus was going to do whatever he needed to do to bring us back to God. They had lots of little saviors then. And, you know, last year when we were outside celebrating uh, Palm Sunday, I had my mic turned off, Sam, because I suggested uh, this slide, BJ, if you... I suggested, you know, uh, a, a, an illustration from the Dodgers, and uh, I, I'm told now that it's only evidence of God's grace that I'm still a pastor at St. <laughs> Timothy's. And so this year I also threw one in for the Giants uh, to make sure that, I mean, any fanatics here, I mean, fans of the Giants uh, in the room? And how many of you are friends of, of Sam, and, and you're actually fans of the Warriors too? Yeah. Well, the truth of the matter is, is we want to understand what they're, what they're screaming about. And, and really, these are not good illustrations. Um, it's probably more like the Red Sox or the Cubs, right? Because they've been waiting for a very long time. Red Sox or Cubs, did you guys pick up that analogy? You following? I figure Sam's the one that gets the analogy. But the truth of the matter is, that 
there's a quote here from Zechariah that is, is unfolded here. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation. He is humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of the donkey. Jesus doesn't come as a victorious Savior. He comes as a humble one. When they shout, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel, this is going to be a different kind of king. And rather than a king who chooses a crown of gold, he's going to be a king who accepts a crown of thorns. You know, a few years ago, the they, you know, you know what I mean? They, those people, uh, those people who, who put together our church lectionary uh, eliminated Palm Sunday from the church calendar. Did you know that? Anybody know that? Yeah, they replaced it with Palm Passion Sunday. They didn't want us to, to have too much praise in Palm Sunday because they were afraid that you wouldn't come to church on Thursday or Friday and that you would go straight from the praise of the triumphal entry to the praise of the resurrection and you would miss the reason that we praise the resurrection is that Jesus died on the cross so that we could be forgiven. I'd rather just celebrate Palm Sunday and have you come to church on Thursday and Friday. Yeah, what, how did you say that when you were talking about uh, hint, hint? No, oh yeah, hint, hint. Come, come on Thursday and Friday. Come and remember on Thursday the command, the new commandment, to love one another as Christ has loved us. Come on Good Friday and see the depth and passion of Jesus' love for you by dying on the cross and recognize that in the, the triumphal entry, Jesus chooses not to allow them to put him up as king. And instead, he sacrifices his life so he doesn't just throw him off the Romans. He throws off your sin and your death, and anything that would separate you from God. Now, let's hear a little bit more, and this will actually lead us into the weeks following Easter as well this year. Now, the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. The Old Testament whenever it refers to resurrection, is it's in an apocalyptic context. That is, when the resurrection from the dead happens, the end of time is near. A new era is breaking in. Here, the kingdom of God is at hand. And so a part of this fervor, a part of this excitement, a part of the possibility of why they picked those palms and carried them up that long, hard struggle of a road from Jericho to Jerusalem is because they believed the end was drawing near, that the kingdom of God was about to change the course of time. And in fact, he does. By raising Lazarus from the dead, Jesus demonstrates that this future, this end of time, is now breaking into our Present And what we're about to see is the power of God in a way that the world has never seen it. Power that raises Jesus from the dead. That same power that is at work within us. 
The kingdom of God is near. As we journey out of Easter this year, we're going to have a whole series of messages on the kingdom of God and how we can enjoy the power and the hope and the truth of the kingdom of God in our day, in our life. That we can experience a hope that can bring us through the challenges of daily circumstances. That we can make it through the hard times. Knowing the promise of God is at work within us. The power of God is at work within us. But it is a power that comes. Sacrificial death of the Son of God who loves you. And will not leave you separated and distant from God. I asked the kids in the children's sermon at the first service, any of you ever been lost? I was really glad none of them said at Disneyland because that's really terrifying. (laughs) But I did have one say Target. And one say, I think they said at the grocery store. I said, you know that panic of being separated? Jesus went to the cross to make sure we didn't have to be separated. And often it's because we wander off. Often it's because we want to be fans of some other promise, some other hope that will disappoint us, like the golden crown would have disappointed us had Jesus been elevated to that over the Romans. And so we're reminded in Philippians, Jesus made himself nothing taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. We still shout Hosanna because we recognize that indeed our Savior is our Savior because he humbled himself and died so that we could be guaranteed forgiveness from sin. Jesus took the right crown as he suffered and died for us. We can experience that power and we can sing his praise over and over again as we celebrate the resurrection and the power of the resurrection in us. Thanks be to God. Amen.